0: visit patreon.com slash sword and laser sword and laser hopes you will enjoy this program
1: hey everyone welcome to the sword and laser i'm veronica belmont
0: how are you well guess what i'm tom merritt
1: (laughs) Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. <sighs> um, what's up? You want me to... Okay. So... Before we get into the show, we want to touch on some of the accusations of harassment that have been made against several authors of science fiction and fantasy, some of whom we have read, of course, and interviewed and considered friends of the show. Um, Our position is that victims of harassment should be respected and listened to, and those who admit their harassment need to do more than just apologize. Uh, Some of the accusations are less clear and even contradictory with people kind of accusing each other. We're not judges and juries here, and yet we also don't care to enable harassers. We can really only act on what we actually know. Um, Both Tom and I can say that we were never aware of any harassment and haven't been present at events or in circumstances related to those accusations where we should have been aware. But we do take it as a reminder to be extra observant, to listen a lot more carefully, and to never be tempted to excuse bad behavior. So, of course, naturally, um, many of you have asked if we would condemn the authors in question or promise to never read their books So, in cases where the harassment is admitted, we'll take our cues from those who suffered it. Um, In other cases, it's not clear, and we're going to wait and see what becomes clear, what becomes true, if anything. Uh, We have such a vast number of potential authors to choose from that it would be easy to say that we wouldn't read those people again because, well, we might not anyway. And until the situation is settled, we certainly have plenty of other books to pick from and other voices out there to elevate. Um, So, In the end, uh, we don't have all the answers on this. Our our purpose here is to expose each other to books that we might not have thought to read otherwise. It's to really expand your reading lists and horizons, and we're going to work with all of you to do that in the best way possible. Um, So thank you to all of you out there who, who of course, brought this to our attention and have been part of the conversation. Um, It's obviously been a really painful time for a lot of people out there. It it sucks. You know, it, it sucks for, for us. These were people we considered friends and it's, it's been a really, it's been a rough time. Um, but of course our hearts are always with the victims and with what they're going through. Um, so yeah, thank you. We'll of course continue the conversation over in the forums. If you guys want to talk about it more, um, we're always here for, for those conversations.
0: What, what you said, (laughs) I second that.
1: All right. Well, let's let's jump into the show. Um, We felt like we definitely needed to say something about that. But we do have a great show in store for you, Um, starting with, of course, our Quick Burns. Yes,
0: uh, we have some Locus Award winners that have been selected. Thank you, Mark, uh, for putting this in the Quick Burns thread. Uh, First Novel Award went to Gideon the Ninth.
1: Yay!
0: Uh, novella went to This Is How You Lose the Time War. Woo-hoo! And best horror went to our uh, July pick, Black Leopard Red
1: Wolf. Wait, what?
0: <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, the City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders was, of course, the winner for the science fiction novel. And Middle Game by Shannon McGuire, the winner of the fantasy novel. What? 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 Uh, the horror novel winner was Black Leopard Red Wolf. Is that what you're what, confused but in, by?
1: It's a horror novel. I mean.
0: It's classified sometimes as fantasy, sometimes as, as horror. And this in Locus Awards, it was classified as horror. Huh. Did you not know that before you picked it for our July pick? (laughs)
1: Like when you say horror, like how scary is it?
0: I'm about halfway through it.
1: Really? Yeah. Today is the first of July, Tom.
0: I know. Uh, And it's a 24 hour (laughs) audio book. But... I wouldn't call it scary as much as gross. <laughs> like it's okay. kind of graphic. Uh a lot of fluids. Oh. A lot of sex. Some stabbies, stabbiness. Uh but a lot of sex of all different kinds and descriptions oh. and killing.
1: Oh. So this reminds me, I just have to point this out because we're talking about. (laughs) uh, I had to text Tom last week because we started watching American Gods (laughs) and on the television show. um, And all I remembered, literally the only thing apparently I remember about the book itself is the Billquist intro scene where there's I wanna... a lot of
0: Bill Quiss intro scene like writing in Black Leopard Red Wolf.
1: Okay, so that was traumatizing for me. So, um, I mean, it wasn't as bad on the show as I remember being in the book. No, they, it think. wasn't as bad on the show. It wasn't. It no. wasn't. But okay, and here's the thing.
0: I want I, I want to quickly add. I don't think the book Black Leopard Red Wolf is gross. That I I was trying to answer Veronica's question about what kind of horror is is it? It's not jump scare like horror like Stephen King horror Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's killing and you know it's a lot of what you get in Game of Thrones honestly
1: I wish you all could see the hand motions that Tom is making right now to describe (laughs) (laughs) because I don't
0: think this book compares to Game of Thrones in a lot of ways that other people say it does I think it's way different in in a cool way uh I do think that it's got some of the graphicness in fact way more of the graphicness uh
1: All right. Well, we're this is we're not quite at the book kickoff yet, so we'll we'll hold more discussion for a little bit later. Um, Mark says the annual Arthur C. Clarke Award is given for the best science fiction novel first published in the United Kingdom during the previous year. The shortlist for the 2020 Clarke Award is out. This is the 34th Clarke Award. Uh, The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders, The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley, A Memory Called Empire by Arcady Martine. The Old Drift by Namwali Serple, Cage of Souls by Adrian Tchaikovsky, and The Last Astronaut by David Wellington. So some sword and laser picks in there. Nice. Yeah,
0: very nice. And uh, going on a run, sitting in the middle of the night. Go Charlie Jane Anders. Uh, Jan wrote about another trailer. Jan on our trailer beat. Thank you, Jan. uh, Says this time it's the trailer for the adaptation of Brave New World on Peacock. Hi, Tom. (laughs) I think that's because I host another show called Cord Killers, where we talk a lot about uh, cord cutting services like Peacock. I see. I see. Um, I think that's possibly it. We also occasionally shortened the word Peacock on Cord Killers. Um, The series will debut (laughs) with the launch of Peacock in the U.S. on July 15th. There's little information at the moment about when and where Peacock's original program will be available outside of the U.S., Um, but... Yeah, this, the trailer looks good to me. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a challenge in adapting brave new world and keeping it interesting as a series, uh, here, not a miniseries. Um, so I'm curious what they change. They're going to have to change something if, if they're going to keep this interesting. I'm curious what they do.
1: Hug me till you drug me, honey. Kiss me till I'm in a coma. Hug me, honey. Snuggly bunny. Love's as good as Soma.
0: Wow. You memorized that.
1: It's life's as good as Soma. Ding. Dang. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you memorized it so well that you recognized your own mistake i certainly didn't
1: i know that was i was that was one of my teenage <laughs> angst moments where i really like resonated with brave new world so yeah if you wanted any imagination about what uh what young veronica was like she's the type of person to memorize parts of brave new world
0: so are you um are you thinking that that you would want to go for that like is, is it sound like a, a good series to you
1: I don't think I'm going to subscribe to any more things. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, I'm peacock's curious. Free. Peacock's free?
0: Yeah. There there are paid versions to get rid of ads and expand the content available, but uh, you will be able to watch Brave New World. You won't, like if you fall behind, you might mm-hmm. lose access because I only think they have a certain number of of episodes available at a time. But yeah, there's a free version of it.
1: So I can watch for free on on the P. Watch it That's for free right. on the P, which is what I yeah. imagine you free guys on the shortened P. it to. That should be their slogan. <laughs> well, something I definitely will be watching is Netflix second season of The Witcher, which is returning to production with an announcement on Twitter, apparently written as a poem by the character who I will never not call Dandelion, Jaskier, or whatever, however you say his name on the show, Jasker. Jaskier, Jaskier. I don't even remember how they said it on the show. He's Dandelion. Anyway, the poem goes, I'm dusting off my lute and quill. I have some news, some mead to spill. After all the months we've been apart, it's time for production to restart. The witcher and his bard, who's flawless, will reunite on set 17 August. Mm. Yay!
0: Yay. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm I'm glad they're back in production. Please keep Henry Cavill safe.
1: At all costs. At
0: all costs. He's He's a planetary treasure. Mm-hmm. uh Jan and james uh both pointed out that apple has released a first teaser for its tv series based on foundation with jared harris as harry selden
1: oh it looks so good
0: this this is another so tough one like how do you make this a series how do you make it coherent as a series uh however the fact that it looks like you say so good in the trailer and jared harris is perfect as harry selden uh i'm I'm very excited. And
1: what's that other actor? Lee Pace. Yeah. Lee Pace. Yeah. He looks great too. I haven't seen him in something in a long time, um, but he's great. It seems like they've got a good cast and it just looks really super, super awesome. Like just the, the production value. Um, also another thing that I never had any intention of paying for, which is Apple TV stuff. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to figure that one out. But yeah,
0: Apple TV Plus you got free for a year though if you had anything from Apple. I no. can't imagine you didn't get it. Did you not activate the free trial? I haven't
1: activated it.
0: I don't know if so you I I, think you had to activate it within like the first ninety days or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but if you, it may be still true that if you buy a new Apple product, you'll get the trial. So
1: mm. you well, know. it is almost new phone time.
0: Yeah, coming up.
1: Yeah. Totally. Um, exciting. Ian says, inconceivable. Watch the celebrity filled fan film version. Celebrate. Watch the celebrity filled fan film version of the princess bride on Quibi. You
0: keep using that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. I mean, Quibi, of course. (laughs) Quibi, of
1: course. (laughs) Mark says, since the invention of movies, there have been five movies that have been rated the most passionate, the most pure. The original princess bride left them all behind. Well done. Uh,
0: Quibi is a silly service. Uh, you can not get a free trial anymore, I don't think. I think, <laughs> I think that one's over. Uh, it requ- I, mean, I don't know. Actually, if you haven't signed up, you might still be able to get a free trial. It. Um, I don't care. The idea of Quibi, if you haven't heard of it, is uh, it's meant when you're on the go to give you high-quality video in quick bites. Quibi. Quick bite. Uh, so <laughs>
1: most... <laughs> I'm so glad I have cord killers, Tom, here (laughs) to tell me these things. This is very helpful.
0: And so, you know, the the series have people like Christoph Waltz, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chance the Rapper hosts a a version of Punked, but all the episodes are like 10 minutes long. So it's chapters of stories instead of full stories. This is the most brilliant thing they've done so far, which was get celebrities that are stuck at home to Swede, basically, do lo-fi versions of scenes from Princess Bride, and they're putting them out once a day for two weeks. If you already have Quibi, highly recommend looking at it. If you don't have Quibi and you can get a free trial, highly recommend looking at it. Make sure you cancel. (laughs) Don't think I recommend paying for Quibi.
1: Well, they really I mean, this is not an episode of Cord Killers, but they really they launched it like the worst possible time when suddenly people didn't need short clips on Mm -hmm. their mobile devices. They were like, we we only sit at home in front of our televisions. It is
0: unfortunate because it's not a fair test of just how bad their idea is. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Netflix has released a trailer for *Cursed*, uh, an adaptation TV series adaptation of the book written by Thomas Wheeler and illustrated by Frank Miller. Uh, it'll even have a bunch of Frank Miller like art in the in the graphics and stuff. Looks really mm. cool. It mm-hmm. uh, the book and and the TV series reinterpret the Arthurian legend from the point of view of Nimue, uh, Lady of the Lake. So if you read *Mist of Avalon* along with us years ago, uh, you'll be very familiar with the point of view they're going for in this story Uh, the trailer says what if the sword chooses a queen Hmm. so it's basically uh, Nimue it's following Nimue and Arthur uh, through a world in which Nimue has Excalibur and Arthur wants it Arthur wants it well will he get it and I mean the sword
1: do you think um, Frank Miller will like this project
0: who knows (laughs) 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 <laughs> Who knows, right? Just putting that out there. <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this looks great. Uh it's not I, I saw somebody in our in our quick burns thread uh kind of uh regretting the idea of, of like cheap gender flipping, which I totally agree with that sentiment, but that's not what's going on here. They didn't make Arthur a girl. Nimmawe is a real and full character in both Mists of Avalon yeah. and the book Cursed. Uh, and so it's just it's just following Nimue's story. And it's it's paying homage to the Arthurian legend, which has a lot of variation to pull from. So I think this is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I like I like that kind of take. I think it'll mm-hmm. be I'm, I'm excited about that one.
0: Series drops on July 17th on Netflix.
1: Soon. Yes, I've been seeing the trailers. I'm excited. Mark says, Mandalorian art books, youth novels, adult novels, and comics are coming. The first adult novel is coming December 2020, which is called Sparrow. He said, is this really the title? With absolutely no details right at this moment, except it's about the Mandalorian and will be written by Adam Christopher. Oh, Yay, Adam, Adam Christopher. Christopher.
0: Tell us what it's about. He won't tell us anything about what it's about.
1: Okay, I to can't. keep his job. <laughs> why Why did Mark say is that really the title? Is there a Star Wars joke I'm not getting or a oh, Star Wars reference? well, if,
0: if there is, I'm not getting it either. Uh, okay. I just, I, I saw Sparrow and I was like, oh, there are already sci-fi books called Sparrow.
1: <laughs> oh, you wrote that. That was an Ed note. No, no, no.
0: That's what oh, that's I thought Mark he note. meant when oh. he wrote that.
1: Well, there is The Sparrow. Yeah. Which we read. Exactly. True. Mm-hmm. But things have names. Things have yeah. the same names. I don't,
0: you know, it didn't strike me as ridiculously odd, but...
1: All right. There you go. Well, Mark, maybe you, you can explain. By the Let way, uh, uh, why sp- you a special,
0: uh, special badge to Mark this week. Uh, doing yeoman's work out there. Uh, we had like five quick burns from Mark. They were well formatted. Very informative. Thank you, Mark. You're
1: Yeah, Mark. Nice high marks to Mark. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the, not uh, sorry. The
0: Dara Award this week goes oh, to Mark.
1: Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. That's a thing we could do. Yeah, we could get stickers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my brain goes there. I'm like, Stick- we'll get stickers. Why not? Yeah. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we have a fantastic review of a memory called Empire by our friend Beth Mitchum. She says, "A memory called Empire by Arcady Martin. This stays with you after you put it down. It's about patriotism and envy of magnificent foreigners, and the difference between memory and identity. A little bit of love and lust and loss.
0: Ooh, well done, Beth. You're mm-hmm. so good, mm-hmm. so poetic, uh, and and totally agree." Uh, I feel a little bit about A Memory Called Empire as I did about Gideon the Ninth, where I'm I'm like, I don't want to get spoilery about Gideon the Ninth because what I'm about to say could mean something different. But I miss those characters, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I I really, really want to spend more time with them. I, I like them and I got to know them. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake. Tungsten, a.k.a. Turtle Is My Totem, wrote, listening to episode 20 and Veronica mentions how she can't remember which Dresden file books she read, she read, I have the same problem. I've read about six books in the series, but I don't have a clear memory of any of them.
1: <laughs> that makes me feel better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, do you mark them on Goodreads or is that not I, helpful because you don't want to have to go dig back and find them?
1: Well, I I feel like I did to the best of my ability.
0: Uh-huh, Okay.
1: Because I read a lot of them before I was on Goodreads, and so that's kind of where I figured out that I was in trouble. Because I was looking at all the books on Goodreads, I was like, "Wait, did I read that one? Yeah, I don't remember okay, that description." Right. But I felt like I read up until that year, up until that point. So I, I just I was suddenly very it's like an
0: episode out of Memento. Totally, <laughs> yeah. I like, just gotta get. The... I left this note for myself that I read this book, but did I? Can I trust myself?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I've just got I've got to add to my tattoo collection by just <laughs> writing the synopsis of of various Dresden Files books Files on my Files arms, yes.
0: just
1: across my chest. <laughs> That'll help in reverse, so it's I can the read them option. in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very excited to be on episode four of a new show called Dune Pod, um, that a friend of mine, a couple of friend of mine uh, started producing. Um, so you can check that out. We talked about, uh, Denis Villeneuve's, uh, 2016, uh, meditation on predestination arrival. Um, we also talked about Jeremy Renner's music, which is a thing. Spoiler alert. It's, terrible. Um, but Dune Pod kind of like goes into it. It's, it's a run up to the movie, of course, um, which we're all very excited about, but looking at some of the artistic pieces that have come from other people working on the film to kind of get a sense of what it's going to be like. So Denis Villeneuve, of course, is the director for the new Dune film. So we've been looking at other films that he's worked on and, and making comparisons there. And so we talked about Arrival. And of course, Story of Your Life, um, which is the short story that Arrival is based on by Ted Chiang. Um, And man, rewatching Arrival for this podcast was so incredible. Like, I just forgot how freaking good that movie is. Like that movie. Maybe I should go rewatch it. Oh, my God. It is so good. Like, man. So definitely recommend a rewatch if you've got the time and, and want to check it out leading up to, to Dune coming. Um, so you, you can, uh, Dune pod is on Twitter at Dune pod. Uh, they're on, uh, anchor.fm. So you can find them there. I think they're probably also wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but yeah, it was really fun and we had a great time chatting about stuff and, and they, they know their sci-fi fantasy too. So it was good to, to talk to other, other genre nerds.
0: When you said leading up to Dune coming, it made me think of it like homecoming, like (laughs) Dune coming is a big celebration. (laughs) And we we could return, make
1: it. Yeah. We all
0: return to Arrakis.
1: Yep, we all return to the spice.
0: And then uh, Tamahome on Twitter wrote at Sword and Laser, "I don't think Veronica will like Black Leopard Red Wolf."
1: Oh, oh, good. Okay, good. Uh, maybe That's we great. should
0: just maybe we should just kick off uh, Black Leopard Red Wolf uh, all right. by Marlon let's, James. Let's do um, that. Marlon James was born in Kingston, Jamaica uh in 1970 his mother and father were both police uh his mother actually became a detective his father became a lawyer uh he graduated from University of West Indies in language and literature in 1991 eventually got his master's degree in creative writing from Wilkes University in the US in 2006 his first book John Crow's Devil was published in 2005 after 70 rejections uh is about a biblical struggle in a remote Jamaican village in 1957. He was a finalist for the LA Times Book Prize, for the Commonwealth Writers' Prize, was a New York Times Editor's Choice. Uh, he has won the OCM Bocas Prize for Caribbean Literature. He was uh, the winner of the 2015 Man Booker Prize for Fiction for the novel A Brief History of Seven Killings. Uh, It was the first book by a Jamaican author to be shortlisted. He became the second Caribbean author to win, following Trinidad-born V.S. Naipaul. Uh, So Marlon James killing it out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf itself published February 5th, 2019, first of a planned trilogy, and really draws on African history and mythology. Uh, It tells the story of a character called Tracker Tracker known for his skills as a hunter and takes place in a land between the North and South Kingdom and its surrounding city-states and tribes. Uh, James began writing it during a sabbatical in 2016, and he says that each volume in the trilogy will reflect a different perspective on the same events. So in this, you're getting mostly Tracker uh, and also uh, one other character, uh, but he's going to have different perspectives. So it's a, it's a really interesting That's way cool. to do a trilogy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I can't think of anything like that before.
0: I've heard of like people calling it a Game of Thrones. I don't find it very similar to Game of Thrones in most ways. I like what Amal El-Matar told NPR. Uh, she said the book is like if Toni Morrison had written Ovid's Metamorphoses. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. I think that, that gets you closer anyway. Uh, also Michael B. Jordan owns the film rights, uh, prior to publication. So who knows? You might see this thing (gasps) as a movie. I won't. It is divisive. (laughs) It is already, uh, people, you know, jumping in, uh, have varying opinions on it. Uh, one thing that is clear is if, anything deserves your consideration before reading about whether something's going to trigger you or not, it's this book. There is a lot of killing. There is a lot of sex. There is a lot of abuse. Uh, This is not a pretty, pretty book at all. Uh, I wrote this in the the thread where people were talking about this. Uh, So far, my impression is that this is a book uh, that looks at the author's pain quite closely and unapologetically. I don't necessarily mean Marlon James' pain, but it looks at pain of a character. Uh, not just his, but the world he lives in. It's executed incredibly well. But that said, looking at someone else's pain it may not be something you want to do and might not even be something safe for you to do. Uh, but it's important that that, uh, that it's there. This is a book thats uh, that I'm intensely glad was written. I'm going to have an improved perspective after reading it and thinking about it. Uh, but I don't like it at all. Uh, I I think it's going to be a book where I don't like reading it, but I'm going to like that I have read it. Uh, type type two fun. I don't begrudge one single person who stops reading it. Uh, my closest comparison, in some ways, is Ulysses by Joyce. Uh, it, I think you need a guide to get the most out of this. There's there's guidebooks for reading Ulysses to help you understand what Joyce was talking about uh, because it is it is so of his time and culture and so obscured by his meter. Uh, and I, and I think this, this is the same way I, I would appreciate a guide to black leopard, red wolf to help me understand some of the cultural setting that it is alluding to.
1: Mm. So I was, all right, so I'm, I'm a little nervous. I will say just based on what everyone is telling me, um, I'm going to start reading it tonight. Uh, I'm excited to have a conversation about it for sure. A little apprehensive. I, I kind of blurted out when you said Michael B. Jordan was doing the movie. And like, I was like, I'm not watching it. Cause now I'm already like, <laughs> Oh God, if it's horror, I'm not good with scary things on, on, you know, visually I've been historically better with it in books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have read a good number of Stephen King. I've read a number of, of scary novels. So I, I hope I can see past that initial fear to I to never get at the thought meat of this of it. as
0: horror while I was reading it, okay if, if I can be honest there's no there's not a lot of suspense mm-hmm. there's not a lot of and and there's not anything that's particularly scary uh, if anything it's very blunt yeah you know and 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 it can be violent sometimes so there's there's that aspect of horror to it mm-hmm. um but and it's spooky you know there's magic and there's witchcraft and and all of that. Um, so the, there's that aspect, too, I guess. But I don't think of it as particularly scary, just pre- but violent yeah. and graphic at times. For just sure. in
1: intense, intense mm-hmm. bits. All right. Good to know. Um, yeah. Well, we do. We do also on this episode want to wrap up um, A Memory Called Empire, uh, which was our book pick for the last month. I don't know if I have too much more to add. Um especially honestly. after
0: Beth summed it up so well, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I really I I really loved this book. Um I like you said, I I already miss the characters. Um I'm already it's one of those I was like, oh I can't believe I have to wait for the next book. Oh, I wanna keep reading in this world right away. Um, did you understand my kind of Aztec reference at the end there? When ultimately he sacrifices himself for this is a spoiler.
0: Oh yeah, spoiler um, alert. Yeah,
1: when the emperor, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, falls no, on his sword. essentially. Yeah.
0: immediately. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was like, oh, this is what you're talking about. Okay, right, right,
1: right. Um, but the whole concept, I, I really loved the concept of a, of an. Imago machine. Is that how they said it in the audiobook? Or was no, it Imago? I'm rem- Imago? Imago, Imago? Imago. Imago. It, it, it's something. Yeah. I M A G O. But anyway, um, I like how it was very it was very stack like, you know, from like altered carbon in a way, except it wasn't your own stack. It was someone mm-hmm. else's stack that essentially gets implanted into you. And then you have this period where I, I really like how they talk about you have to work with therapists and you have to work with psychiatrists and you have to go through this whole time period of of integration where essentially you learn how to connect with the person Um that Whose memories you 're sharing to become essentially a new person uh, who is a, a a blend of these two personalities and and two experiences, or maybe even more because they are successions of of people potentially going back generations um, sometimes I think they said like the oldest ones on uh, Liesel. did they say Liesel station Lacell on on LaSalle station, we're like fourteen. I think there were fourteen generations sometimes in the in the imigo machines. Um, so that's that's like such a cool way of of passing down um you know, having this uh, institutional memory that essentially guides you through experiences and and it's like having you know, a history book in in your mind, but it's from someone's perspective. So it's not, it's still potentially an unreliable narrator in your brain.
0: Well, Um, it's both more and less reliable, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's less reliable because it's one person's perspective, but it's more reliable because it's the person who was there. They were yeah, in the room yeah. where it happened, right? Like, yeah. instead of reading about Alexander Hamilton, what if Alexander <laughs> Hamilton was in your head saying yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, that's not what happened. Let me tell you, you know, Jefferson was always like this, like, and speaking to you,
1: like literally speaking, not to just you. like yeah. knowing
0: things, but that's also part of it. Um, yeah, I love that your your comparison to altered carbon, because it it does bring up the fact that you kind of have to do a shortcut in altered carbon that like, oh, uh, a body doesn't have any, you know, you just overwrite whatever mm-hmm. personality was in the body. You put that on a separate stack and pull it out. Whereas that is really hard to make happen. It would be more believable. Not that any any of this is really Well, there believable. is
1: muscle memory in, in stacks. Yes. So if you get put into a body that was trained in a certain way, you're sure, going to sure, have sure, some sure, of that muscle sure. memory.
0: Yeah. But my point is you still have to pull out the personality from the brain, right? right? It makes more sense to me that... My brain would stay me, but if I put a stack in, I would now have another personality superimposed and that I would definitely need some kind of therapy to deal mm-hmm. with that.
1: Well, there is a big difference, too, and, and something that she didn't really touch on in this novel, and I wonder if it will ever be touched on in this specific world, is, I mean, they really go to great lengths to match you with the right kind of other personality. They don't just give you anyone. and. I would feel like maybe in our specific culture that you would want the best and the brightest. You would want like the 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 famous minds, the Einsteins, the mm-hmm. the Hamiltons, the you know, whoever happened to be around would they just be making copies of the best minds and people would be fighting to get those or paying for the highest bidder to get the best mind. But it doesn't work that way in this world because you do have to be matched on a personality level, on a way of thinking level so that you get the best experience, the best melding of people instead of just getting the ones you want.
0: Yeah. It's true. It's traumatic. You couldn't mm-hmm. just mass produce these and give them out to everybody. Uh, people would go mad uh, it, it, or it just wouldn't work. Uh, so I liked that explanation. It really rang, rang true to me uh, and I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I also liked the horror of the, uh, of, of the world To the empire anyway, the Mm Texcolani, uh, to, to the idea of it, that it was, you know, sort of, it just, it was a bad idea. It was not done. And that the idea that the emperor might entertain it, uh, would be intensely controversial, uh, and and yet on the cell station, it's just standard practice. <laughs> like yeah, it, It's yeah. just, you know, it's sure, not everybody can do it, but those who can and professions that need it, like pilots particularly, of course we're going to do it. We need our pilots to be safe and have all the information they could possibly have.
1: It's pretty impressive that they were able to keep that technology secret from the Empire for so long. It just seems like something that would have slipped out before Iskander. It is, kind an, of like,
0: interesting, it is an interesting idea that a lesser power would have a technology that it would be able to hoard right because mm-hmm. generally speaking big empires have all the great technology right
1: well that's kind of their thing they start yeah. you know they start absorbing all the the information and technology from all these other cultures that they essentially Take over, and so the fact that that uh, Lissel Station is still separate is still free from the Empire in so many ways. I guess is is the one thing they've been able to keep keep apart.
0: The the closest thing I can think of in my head is the idea of of tin makers in Cornwall uh, being the only source of tin uh, and tin made goods in in the Roman em- early parts of the Roman Empire. Even though the Roman Empire had all the tech.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: but why Why don't you know about the intricacies of Cornish tin, Veronica? Like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Everybody knows oh, Cornish tin. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Most people uh, do know Cornish pasties. Those are delicious. Pasties? Yeah, like pastry. They're called oh. pasty, but... They are an edible thing, not a wearable thing.
1: Not a wearable. Okay. Just making sure. Um, yeah. But long story short, I, I think we 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 talked a lot about this book over the last couple episodes. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really. Uh, Hell of an
0: ending. Love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, there were so many great characters like Three Seagrass, for example. Um, Mahit. Is that how they say it in the book? Pretty close. Yeah. Mahit. 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 Okay. Loved her. Um, thought the, the internal, internal dialogues that she would have mm-hmm. with Iskander, um, were, were great, especially when it became kind of a three way <laughs> and things got a little more complicated, uh, up in the old brain parts, um, but I thought it was, it really laid out a super rich world that I'm excited to, to dig into more. And I think they really set the stage for, for the next novel that I, I, I'm excited to get there.
0: I, you know, what hadn't really hit me as is, is so genius until you said that just now is it was masterfully done that we meet the old Yaskander, the young, he's mm-hmm. actually the young Yaskander, but is an older mm-hmm. copy. Uh, and we get to know him and then he's gone. And then you're missing him because you're like, but but I wanted to know more about what it was like to have the person. Right. She doesn't have. the, And so you're missing him. And all that time you're finding out about the current Iskander from other people. Oh, he was Mm -hmm. like this. He did that. He said this. And then that marries so beautifully when she brings both back. And suddenly you're like, oh, that's the that's the young Iskander. I can mm-hmm. tell because I got to know him and that's the old you Cause that sounds like, you know, like you were introduced to this character without him ever being there.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and then there are two of him inside her brain. So good. So good.
1: So good. And I think it was just, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I just had something I was going to say.
0: That you uh, wish that your memory was also called Empire, and then you remember <laughs> I, what you're <laughs> going to say. Right?
1: Oh, I, I remember now. It was it was a great mystery book. Yeah, like it was a really good mystery. Like I was super sucked into the intrigue and the like the questions of wh- who done it and who was trying to kill her and who killed Iskander and like why and mm-hmm. and I I really liked. Um, I was a little nervous about another kind of like palace intrigue novel, but I, I thought it really felt more like a, a really great mystery novel. It was a little novel. bit of
0: a whodunit, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. totally
1: a whodunit. Um, Man, with some, when a lot she went action. to the back alley
0: Imago uh, surgery, yeah. I was like, girl, I don't think you should do this, Mahe. I think this is a bad idea.
1: Oh, I was totally all about it. I was like, uh, this is, I, I was like, I was like, like she's got to do this right table. away.
0: This is risky. No, she wasn't. Well, she didn't. I mean, it was
1: risky as hell. But that was a whole other like we learn all about these dissidents, essentially. And that seems like a whole cool area that we didn't really get to dive into yet. So I'm hoping to see more of that in Mm. the next in the next novel, too. So all in all, I I really enjoyed this. Um, I thought it was good fun. Loved the characters. Loved the world. Loved the technology. Excited to to see what's next. Five stars.
0: Five stars.
1: I don't do that. Would ride again. (laughs) (laughs) would would write again
0: would ride
1: ride you would ride ride I'd take that ride again yeah yeah all right well that about wraps up our episode um hey you can get A sword and laser face mask, if you are so inclined.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to go around potentially asymptomatically infecting other people, uh, you could wear a mask on your face that says sword and laser. So people think less about the fact that you have a mask on and more about what is sword and laser. And then you'll talk in books. The next thing you know, you've safely made friends.
1: That's right. That's right. You can uh, head over to our store on our website, swordandlaser.bigcartel.com. Take a look at that. Also, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash Laser.
0: You can also support the show by buying books through our links, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks
1: send us an email feedback at sword and laser. All of our social stuff is over at sword and laser on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can check out our website, sword and And of course, all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. We will see you next week. We will be having an interview with author L E Modisette jr. To talk about his brand new book coming out soon. See you next time.
0: Bye. <laughs>